What does it mean to live differently? Hi, I'm Jenna. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. The real reason behind this podcast is to encourage you to live differently. In a society that tells us that more is better and busy is to be expected, I want to give you permission and tips and tricks to help you create a simpler home, simpler days, and cherished moments. Each week, we'll talk about decluttering, organizing, and managing a home. We'll talk about thriving in motherhood, slowing down, and cherishing the journey. Most importantly, we'll have real conversations with real moms who are choosing to live differently and finding joy in motherhood. Take the first step to simplifying your motherhood and head over to athomewithkids.com forward slash resources to find a free resource that's perfect for you in the season that you're in. And stick with me each week as we dive into these topics together. Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Simple Home Podcast. In case we haven't met before, my name is Jenna, and I'm so excited you're with me this week. So this week, I brought on Christine Pittman to interview her all about um, meal planning and some easy recipes and just how to make it more of a part of our life instead of another thing to do. So I'm so excited to bring her to you. She gives us some practical recipes. She teaches us how to meal plan without actually having to like meal plan. So I love this episode and I think you're going to love it too. Christine Pittman is all about food. Her website's called Cook the Story and she just simplifies it so much to have family meals easier and more accessible and just all the things. So I think you're going to love this interview with her and I can't wait to bring her to you today. I also wanted to let you know that in just a couple weeks, I'm launching the summer round of the Simple Home Reset. So if you didn't join us in the spring, um, it was so much fun. There was such great transformations and I'm excited about this new round to help you during the summer. Sometimes it's such a great time to just, you know, reset our house and figure out some new routines and everything so that when we go back into the school year and the crazy seasons, we're all set. So be looking for that. I will tell you more information when it comes. I just wanted to let you know that it is coming in a couple weeks because I've had several emails say, when are you doing the next round? So I've decided to start it here in a few weeks. So I will let you know more details as they come. All right. I can't wait for you to listen to Christine and I chat about meal planning and I'd love to know your thoughts. Anytime you guys have some thoughts about these episodes or questions, or you want to know more about the person who's interviewed or anything like that, come join me either on Instagram. I'm at Jenna Arvidson. Or I have a Facebook group just for you guys, just for the listeners of this show, so we can dive deeper if you want to. So you can find me there and ask questions as well. All right, here is Christine Pittman, all about meal planning. Well, hi there, Christine. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Hi, Jenna. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell my audience just a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Canada, and now I live in Florida. I am a mom to two wonderful kids. Uh, I'm divorced though, so they are with their dad every second week, which just means that I have this like split personality life. (laughs) One week is crazy and one week is is calmer. Um, And then I have for a business, uh, two recipe websites, Cook the Story and The Cookful. And I've been doing that for 11 years. And yeah, it's just full of recipes. We're taking pictures, cooking, coming up with great ideas all the time. Awesome. Well, I know that a lot of moms that listen to my podcast often ask about meal planning. So I was so glad when you reached out to me and 
offered up your expertise because this is an area that we all <laughs> struggle with for sure. Why do you think that moms find meal planning so stressful? It's, I think, because we have too many things that we're trying to accomplish with our meal planning. And um, I, I don't know about everybody, but my own sense of it is that um, if, if you're not sure why you're meal planning or if you're meal planning for 20 different reasons, then it's really challenging. Whereas if we can figure out the one or two intentions behind our meal plans, like if we're trying to save time and eat more vegetables, like if it's two things, then that's going to be easier. Whereas if it's like save time and eat healthier and, and budget better and make foods that everybody will eat. And like, it, it just, it just becomes too much. And then you're staring at your piece of paper with Monday to Friday on the side going, ah, what, what will possibly fit all of these requirements, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I actually was just thinking about that this week as I was shopping. I do all my grocery shopping on Sundays because that's when my husband can have the kids at home and I can go to the grocery store on my own. And, yeah. you know, I sit down and kind of look through the fridge and decide what we're going to have for meals and such. And we've been really taking an extra look at our budget. So I was thinking about that. Plus my husband's been eating really healthy. So I was thinking about that. And in the past, I've had like this system where I just buy the exact same things. I know what it is, you know, and yesterday I was like, oh my gosh, now what am I going to do? Because I want to save this money. I want <laughs> Yeah. I want to make sure I'm still doing the healthy thing and all this stuff. So I can totally relate to that this week for sure. Because when we have all of that extra stuff coming into our brain, it's like, what am I going to cook? And then I end up yeah. with mac and cheese and scrambled eggs. So <laughs> yeah, it's so much pressure, like so much of parenting, right? You feel like you have to do so much and that's daunting. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you have some great systems in place. So how can moms create kind of like a go-to time-saving meal planning system that makes this whole process seem a little bit more natural, a little simpler? That's what we're all about here on this podcast is just simplifying everything so that we can live our lives. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite place to start is to look closer at our past to figure out how to plan for the future. And the easiest way that I found to do that is if you just get a calendar, whether it's, well, we're at the beginning of the year now. So if you've got like a wall calendar as a Christmas gift from somebody with pictures of cats on it or whatever, that, or get a like just PDF online calendar, you can find a printable calendar and then start just writing down what you've had for dinner as far back as you can remember, or just a few days ago, and just start keeping track of what you're making and like take out quick foods you pick up, frozen pizza, like whatever you're doing and the real meals that you're cooking yourself, just jot it down. And then if you do that for a little while and you're meal planning a little bit, you're trying new recipes you saw on Pinterest, you're writing all this down, then when you actually want to dive in to try and meal plan, you've got sometimes a couple months worth of things that you've already made that are ideas that have worked for your family and you know you have experience with them and then you can start using those. So you were saying you buy the same things every week. It's kind of like that, except you're, you're looking over the, like a couple of months sometimes, you know what I mean? Or even six months. I have one that I've got from a little while ago that six months, it's full of ideas, you know? Um, so that's a great place to start. I think any time that you have like a list of meals, like whether you ask your kids, what things do you guys like to have? 
and have them sort of jot down some ideas or jot down some ideas with them. And then you have that list to start from. That's a great place. And then the other thing that I recommend is, as I was saying before, knowing what your intention is with your meal plan, especially if you're just starting. Like if, if you've never really done it, if you're always kind of flying by the seat of your pants and kind of going crazy and you want to actually do this, try and just like have one intention. I want to cook faster this week. And then you can look, you can Google for quick recipes. If you're going to buy a cookbook, you can buy a quick recipe cookbook. If you're trying to go more plant-based, if that's your intention, then you can start looking at like those websites or that kind of cookbook or even find those meal plans. But you're just looking to one place or one idea instead of trying to do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I love all of those ideas for sure, especially just jotting down what we've already eaten. Because like you said, I mean, we've all been eating, whether we've been meal planning or not, we have a list of meals that we know we can cook that are kind of our go-tos. And so just having that list convenient is very helpful for sure. So what about for um, families that have picky eaters or young kids that are struggling to want to try some of the foods? You know, do you have some just tips or ideas for those parents who are like, I try all these meals and my kids just won't eat them or meal times are really hard because of this. What can we do for those parents? Yeah, I feel like this is such a struggle because, I mean, we're talking about why meal planning is hard. Why is cooking hard for families? If people aren't eating the foods that we're making, it's just an extra, like it makes it feel like such a chore. We lose the joy of cooking. We lose the joy of cooking because we are, you know, treating it like laundry or something. And it's this horrible thing that we have to do and nobody appreciates it if they're crying and upset. So I totally get that. I... I have two things that I think are great to think about. One, on my podcast a few weeks ago, I had on a professor from Oxford University who specializes in the psychology of food. And he was talking about how naming our foods in more interesting ways will make us eat them more or enjoy them more. And this is not just for kids, but for adults too. There was a study done at Stanford University in their um, cafeteria and they found that they had like the same carrots one week they were just called carrots one week they were called zingy carrots and the carrot sales go up so just having these like fun names for things can help that's not going to help with all kids but it can really help um you know we're having crispy chicken instead of just chicken fingers or like you know you can come up with these different different names so that's one thing i think the thing that always worked best for me though and my kids have different kinds of pickiness at different stages has just always been to like whatever I'm making that is the meal to also have a few things on their plate that they already like. So I feel like, you know, even, even myself, if I go to a, somebody's house that I've never been to before or a restaurant that's new and the food in front of me is not identifiable, that's really like, oh, am I going to like this? I'm in front of people, like what's happening here? So like, at least if there's you know, the, the carrots and the bits of plain chicken or whatever it is that they know. And then the other meal items can be the things you're making. I do actually still with, with my daughter, she's nine. We have a fun little thing. So she's got her plate with like whatever I'm having for dinner. And then a couple things on there. She calls them piles of stuff. She's got her pile of shredded cheese, her pile of diced tomatoes and her little bits of chicken on her plate as well as the other stuff. And then we do a thing where she gets to make a wish for every new food that she tries. 
And that she's nine and it still works a little bit. It worked so well when she was like five, six, seven, because kids love making wishes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, that oh. is so fun. Yeah. I could definitely see that, especially with my little five-year-old. He loves stuff like that. Anything we can make special because really if we just tell him to do something, he puts his feet down no matter what, even if he loves it or he wants to do it or anything. <sighs> you know, he just, he wants the power. So I love that idea. I also, I guess I think that, and I'm not a child psychologist, so I don't want to state anything like that, but I feel like with a lot of things, it's just about more modeling the behavior than it is actually having them do it. I think about like, um, if I want my kids to love music when they're older, the best way to do that is to have music playing and go to concerts, not necessarily to force them to listen to music or force them to take music lessons that they don't want to take, but to just have it going on. And I, I, I am guessing that food and eating is very similar. So if we're trying new foods, oh, I've never had this before. And even modeling, not liking stuff. Oh, we're trying kohlrabi for the first time. I don't really like that. Do you like that? Okay. I'm not good. Maybe I'll try to get later, but, and like, it's okay to not like it. It's okay to like it. Um, and then not really forcing too much after that. I think it gets challenging. And I, I recognize that for some kids, it's important. They're not getting enough food. They're not getting enough nutrition. And then it's a little bit, but if they're healthy and the doctors think they're fine and they're doing good, little tries is all that really matters. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. I love that, you know, that you're about the modeling piece. Cause I think that is so big in every area for parenting, for sure. That if we can just remember, like, we don't have to make them do things. We can just remember that if we're eating healthy and we're modeling how we feel as healthy people and how it makes, you know, our sleep better and our playtime better and all of that, I think they pick up on that. And they really, what I've noticed, Um, is my kids want to be adults. They want to be like us more than they want to be kids. So if we have fun with it and we're not like, oh, you have to eat this, even though it's disgusting, I know vegetables are gross, you know, like all that stuff, then I feel like they kind of get around it a little easier. Now, I know there's also things with like kids that don't like certain textures and, you know, have some, have some different things that go on that maybe a doctor can help out with or, um, something like mm-hmm. that. But for just kind of mainstream, I, I think definitely all those tips will, will work for sure. Now I have an instant pot. <laughs> I do not have um, an air fryer, but I know those are also big. I, and there are several moms that I have met that are like, oh yeah, I just use my instant pot basically as a rice cooker because <laughs> I don't know what else to use it for. But I also know those tools can come in so handy for us, especially for quick weekday meals. Um, Do you have some ideas of where we could start with those two items or even other items that you know of that might help, you know, just make things a little bit quicker in the kitchen? Yeah, for sure. So the Instant Pot, it's funny that you say people use it as a rice cooker because I actually think that is a great demonstration of what it can do that people don't realize. So people think of the Instant Pot as like it's going to be quick. And it is, it's quicker than a slow cooker for sure. It's quicker than the oven for sure. But one of the most brilliant things about the Instant Pot is that it holds foods at a safe temperature, but has stopped cooking them. So just like a rice cooker, if you make rice in your Instant Pot and then just leave it on the keep warm function, it doesn't get gummy or dry or anything. It stays perfect for like hours. 
So what that means is, yes, you can make your rice for your dinner in there. And, and if, if the rest of your dinner is not ready, the rice is just holding and staying warm till later. Great. But it means everything else can do that too. So especially for families who have like teenagers who are in and out of the house, you can't have meals at the same time. You can have the instant pot dinner that you've made staying warm at just that right temperature. And then people can come and grab from it whenever they want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't even know that. So I use mine as a rice cooker all the time. Um, but I, and I knew that you could just keep it warm, but I guess I had never really thought that I could like do meals at nap time instead of, you know, the crazy five o'clock time when my kids are melting down and I'm melting down and eating chocolate and like, you know, that horrible time of day. So I need to remember that for sure because I could cook earlier in the day. Yeah. And save it for dinner. (laughs) And even, I mean, if you're just getting started with it, even to like have like a soup or something that you've already made that you heat up in the microwave and then put in there to stay warm or dinner to stay warm, you can do that. As to like actually cooking in the Instant Pot, it's really wonderful for people who do meal prep if they want to do a whole bunch of chicken at once or like that kind of thing. That's wonderful for that. Soups and stews are still the best things. It's kind of like like the slow cooker, like the, the wet things are the best in there. I've had a lot of success with some other like roasts. Um, You can do a whole chicken in there, which you wouldn't have time to do on a normal weeknight, like in the oven. And sometimes that can be very economical. Like you can find like a whole chicken for less than like the boneless skinless chicken breast or something like that. So it's great for that. I, as much as I do like my instant pot, my air fryer is my favorite tool. And I am not a gadget girl. I have, I, okay. I resisted when my instant pot first arrived, it, I brought it into the house and it sat by my front door for two months. And I'm not even kidding. Cause I was just like, okay, I got it, but I don't know how to try this thing. And then I ended up liking it. Then the air fryer came same thing. I think it was like a month on my doorstep and then finally opened it. I use my air fryer every day, twice a day. Like I, I reheat things in it, of course, like just think about like whatever leftover pizza reheated in the air fryer is 5,000 times better than the microwave because the, the crust crisps up a little bit. It's not soggy. Anything breaded, chicken nuggets, anything that you're doing that's breaded or roasted, roasted vegetables, anything like that heats up better in the air fryer than the microwave. So that end quickly because it doesn't have to preheat. So it's really quick. But then for actual cooking, especially for like four people, having one component of the meal done in the air fryer is brilliant. So like the vegetable, just, uh, I keep talking about carrots today. I don't know why, but a bag of baby carrots with like half a teaspoon of oil, salt and pepper in the air fryer for 10 minutes. They come out brown on the outside, soft on the inside. You don't have to do anything. You're not watching them. You know what I mean? Like it's just, they're there. Cauliflower, broccoli, green beans, asparagus, different amounts, different amounts of time, but tiny bit of oil, little seasoning and they're just hands-free in the air fryer. So that's great for that. Um, I find for like the proteiny kind of part of dinner, I use it more when it's just me and my boyfriend than when my kids are there. Like it's perfect for two pieces of salmon or, you know, four chicken thighs better than like trying to do a whole bunch. I can, but it, it's better like that. When I have my kids and I want to do something quick in the air fryer. One of my, well, I guess two of my go-tos, sausages, any kind of like Italian sausage, anything like that. They go in the air fryer, like 10 minutes. I poke some holes in them. You can fit like eight of them, eight normal Italian sausages in there raw. 
and I think like 10 minutes, they're crispy and brown on the outside, totally cooked through. You're not standing at the stove, turning them like, you know what I mean? It's just like so easy. So that's one. And then the other thing I do in there all the time is ground meat, ground beef, ground chicken, ground turkey. You put it in the air fryer, you know, it kind of comes, it's like pushed together and you have to break it up a little bit. So you break it up a little bit, some seasoning, put it in there, five minutes, give it another stir, another five minutes. It's going to be brown in places, cooked through and any fat or oil or grease drips down into the like bottom holder. So it's like it drains the meat and cooks it in like one step. That is amazing. I think I would get one of those. So I'm all about counter space. I don't like anything on my counter. So I've been resisting the air fryer um, because, you know, it's just like one more thing to find a cabinet for. Basically, we live in a really tiny house. And so, but the ground beef we cook all the time. I mean, I cook ground beef all the time or ground turkey. So (laughs) yeah. And it's hands-free. It's just like happening in this machine off to the side. I literally have microwaved a bowl of tomato sauce and brown the beef in the air fryer and then mix them together. And they're, you know, like it's just done without any stove time. You know, I will say, I think this is a concern a lot of people have about not wanting the extra gadget on their counter. If you don't eat a lot of toast, it, it can toast toast. So it could toast bread. You could do like two bees at a time. So if you're not a big toast family and you make toast like for one person once a week, you can do that in the air fryer and not have the toaster. Um, and I think that I don't have a brand like this, but I do think that they are now making, um, air fryers that are like toaster oven like, so it can have that dual purpose. If you have a toaster on your counter and you don't use it very often, you could replace it with the air fryer. Yeah. I need to look through my cabinets because we have some (laughs) extra things. I'm, I mean, really we do have a toaster. I keep it under like in a cabinet because we rarely use it. We pull it out, you know, maybe Saturday mornings or something when we have a little more time for breakfast, but yeah, definitely something to think about. Anything that makes some of those, you know, main things just easier to cook. I know when I cook ground beef, I usually try to cook like maybe three pounds of it and freeze several of them, um, on a Sunday or something. But oftentimes that gives you lots and lots of dishes, you know, when you do like your batch cooking. And so I love the idea of having a couple different devices, even though I'm, I want, I want everybody to simplify to down to what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this sounds like something that could help with that. For the ground beef, you know, you can do it in the oven on a sheet pan, like three, four, five pounds. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but under the broiler on a sheet pan. So you just dump the meat spaced out on the pan break it up a little bit, season it, stir it a little bit, and then put it under the broiler. Watch it because, you know, the broiler can all of a sudden be burning stuff. But it's going to start to brown and then kind of flip it all over a little bit. And then the other side is going to brown. And you're not, you know, I guess I set a timer for like three minutes at a time. Do something else. Come back. Look. Make sure it's not burning. Give it a stir. Come back. Um, It's easier than trying to fit all that ground beef in your skillet. Yeah. And <laughs> and you're not stirring it the whole time. And I guess I feel like more worried, especially with kids in the house, having the stove on when I'm not like right beside it. So if I'm going to be cooking a whole lot of stuff on the stove, then I'm right there. Whereas if it's in the oven, I don't mind running out, go to the bathroom, go grab something, come back. It's a little bit easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just, just having different ways to do things, I think is so helpful because when you hear different ideas of how people cook, you know, we like getting stuck in these ruts and you don't even think of other, (laughs) other ways to do things. And then you hear them, you're like, Oh, that is so smart. Like I could tell you one, 
I just recently, I kind of wish I had toddlers again because my youngest is now five, but I literally probably three months ago, a mom told me that she uses her pizza cutter to cut everything, like everything, pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. So I started doing that and it's brilliant. I mean, the little pieces, they just like cut so quick and I'm like, why didn't somebody tell me that? when I had a one-year-old and had to cut their, you know, carrots, like you're saying into 25 pieces. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just hearing other people's ideas is sometimes very helpful (laughs) in the kitchen for sure. All right. So I totally went on like a different path here. So I'm going to bring us back (laughs) a little bit. Um, What about when we talk about like trying to make some of these meals healthier? I know we talked a little bit about having picky eaters, but just some swaps that we can make, any kind of simple swaps that you have to make some of our meals a little healthier? So I think healthy is one of those words that means different things for different people. So I don't really want to like preach too much, but I have been finding for me that if I focus on a side dish instead of on a protein as the inspiration for a meal, So instead of like, okay, you know, busy day, you find yourself in the grocery store at 4.30 and you have to think of something to eat. We tend to, well, certainly meat eaters tend to be like, okay, it'll be a chicken breast. Okay. What I have with chicken breast, you know, and instead start like in the produce department and be like, okay, oh, this cauliflower is nice. What can I do with cauliflower? I can make an Italian cauliflower thing with a little bit of tomato sauce, maybe a sprinkle of Parmesan cheese. Well, now the focus of the meal is this beautiful cauliflower dish that you're making. And then if you just have like a little lean protein or like some, a little carbohydrate or something on the side, they don't have to be fancied up and special because you've made this side dish special and it's easier for you. Like to take, honestly, to take a vegetable and perk it up and make it fun is easier than trying to do that with like, you know, a chicken breast, it takes 20 minutes to cook. You know what I mean? It's just a little bit easier to start with that side dish idea. Yeah. I love that idea. And, and that side dish usually is a vegetable or is something that's healthier. I mean, as long as we don't start with like the rolls or something, right. Um, but that is usually something that's a little bit healthier, um, to start with. And so if that's kind of your main main dish, I guess. And then the other things just go with it. I love that idea. Well, before I, um, I don't want to switch gears too much, but I did want to kind of go back a little bit and just, you know, we talked about the meal planning process and kind of some ways to make it a little less stressful. Do you have like an exact system that you use? Like, do you do it weekly? Do you do it monthly? How does that look and how can somebody who's listening and is like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. What would you tell them? Yeah. Okay. Well, I am a super like OCD kind of person and do like, I have lots of spreadsheets and like, that's me, but I know that is not everybody. So I can tell you what I do, but I don't know that I want to recommend it everywhere. Um, (laughs) But what I do is I use, well, I have meal plans on my website on cookthestory.com. I often will use those for ideas or that calendar that I was talking about. And I make my list from Monday to Friday of what we're going to have. I usually keep one day open for like leftovers or takeout or like whatever. And then I make my grocery list from that meal plan. So I'm sitting down and doing that. I use an app that I love. It's called Our Groceries. You can share it with other members of the family. So if somebody adds something, it adds it to your list too. And you can set up your 
the categories, like when you add an ingredient to this app, like broccoli, it knows from before that you put broccoli in the produce section so that it automatically categorizes it there. So you can actually set this up so that as soon as you add things in, they get categorized in like the order of your grocery store so that it's like streamlined that way. And then the other thing that I do is I have an Excel spreadsheet of all the things that I buy like all the time. So instead of being like, oh, do we need tomatoes? I better go look. Do we need, and, and trying to remember all those things every time, I just have a list of them and I go, yep, 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 and add them to that list. So those are things. In terms of the actual like recipes that I'm choosing, like I said, I have my meal plan. I do turn to other meal plans online. I use, there's a, oh, it's called like dinner roulette or something. It's The recipes don't look great. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never cooked one of their recipes, but I can go in there and go like main ingredient, chicken, cuisine, Italian, go. And it just shoots an idea out. And if I like it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I get chicken parmesan. I haven't made that in forever. Yeah, I'll do that. So having like some kind of like, <laughs> like generator, because I think the hardest thing is that decision-making component, right? And I also feel like for me, like my own meal plans on my site, they're designed for kind of a wide audience, not just for my family. Like my kids don't love fish fillets super much, but fish shows up on that meal plan all the time. But that means that if I'm looking at that meal plan, I can be like, oh, okay, there's a fish recipe on Tuesday. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I can do something similar that uses shrimp. They like shrimp or, you know what I mean? So like having something already delimit your choices a little bit and you can see what's wrong with it. Oh, that won't work for my family. We need to have chicken instead. That, well, now you've just figured it out. So you like sometimes seeing what's wrong can help you figure out what's right. You yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely love that idea of the dinner roulette. I'll, I'll look it up and make sure to link it in the show yeah. notes. Because I'll send you the right link too. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Because I think that is sometimes the biggest thing. Like there are weeks I'm like, I really want to be a little more creative this week you know, Wednesday's not very busy or something like that. And what do I have in the freezer? I've already got ground beef. What can I make with ground beef besides the three dishes I always make with ground beef? You know, like things like that yeah. in my head, I kind of want to get some new ideas, but often it's, it's just that extra step that's hard. <laughs> you know, also the other thing about that calendar that I was talking about where you keep track of what you've had, it's really great for people who go in spurts. Like you were just saying, like you have a creative week where you have time and you, you pour over websites and you come with ideas. And so those things get added to that calendar. And then you have a month where you're just like, it's just spaghetti and chicken fingers. This like life is crazy. You, you're writing all that down. But then when you have that time again, or even less time, you can look back and be like, oh yeah, we totally loved that skillet beef stroganoff thing. Or we totally, you know what I mean? So it's great like if you're going up and down in your meal planning to be keeping tracks so that you have all those ideas at your fingertips when you want them. Yeah, that is a great idea for sure. I also, I mean, I think that we have to remember as moms, sometimes we're so hard on ourselves that we have to cook these, these healthy meals and different meals and have all this you know, variation for our children when the truth is they are eating enough food 
throughout the week. They're getting plenty of snacks. They're, you know, as long as some of them are healthy for their bodies mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a little bit of variation in their diet, I think we have to remember that they're really okay. And in fact, my kids, if I would let them, would eat spaghetti for breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner every single day of the week. You know, they don't need as much variation as as we think they do and stuff. So sometimes we have to remember that if we have a month where it's grilled cheese and whatever, that's okay. They're going to live. They're going to be fine. And so will we. So like you said, they often prefer those things too. So I mean, our, our crazy weeks where we feel like we're failing, we're actually having it easier for them. They're not being faced with those unfamiliar foods. They're not being, Oh, I know what this is. Today's an easy day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Christine, this has been so insightful. And I know that all the things that you've mentioned, I will link in the show notes because I know they're going to be very valuable, including your website for sure. And I'll give you a chance to kind of tell us a little bit more about that in a second. But there's one question I ask all the guests that come on the show and you can answer it about meal planning or anything else. And that is if you could grab a busy mom by the shoulders, look her right in the eyes and tell her one thing, what would it be? Yeah. Wow. Um, it would be to take time for yourself a lot. I I said at the beginning of this that I'm divorced now and my kids go to their dads every second week and I cannot tell you what a better mom I am now. And I'm not, I, I don't, I don't really want to put a lot of judgment anywhere on anybody about this, but like I get a week to myself every second week and I can stay out later, go see a friend or just not have to worry about that. And so if there's any way that either somebody can watch your kids for a little while, or you can like with your partner, like just have a day off once a month, even that you're just for sure free and make sure you just kind of do what you want to do. If you can figure out what that is, (laughs) it can be (laughs) overwhelming. (laughs) Oh my God, I've got a free day, but to try and find that because I just, I feel so much more able to be present with my kids and enjoy them more now that I have more time for myself. So. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be the whole week. You know, we might not be able to do that, but, but having a day off or even a morning off or going to coffee with a friend or anything like mm-hmm. that. I totally agree. I need that time. That is the only reason I wake up early in the morning. Cause I'm not naturally a morning person. I mm-hmm. hate getting out of bed, but once I'm out of bed, like I need a couple hours completely to myself before yeah. I can be a good mom for the day. And I just, um, know that about myself. So I totally agree. I love that one. I think everybody just needs to find some time somewhere <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I think even I sometimes feel guilty, be, like at the end of the day, when I have my kids, I'm cooking dinner. I like that as me time too. Like I usually put a podcast on and, or music or the news or whatever it is. And I'm cooking and I'm there. And I sometimes do this like, oh, I should be teaching them how to cook right now. They should be here with me. And, and I have to be like, no, you know what? I need this transition between my work day and I'm homeschooling with them right now because of COVID, but I need a transition between my work day and homeschooling day and our family time in the evening. I need this for me and to try not to feel guilty that I'm not at every moment managing to incorporate them into stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It can be so easy to go down that path for sure. Even when we're aware of it, I go down that path all the time. Like, Oh, I should, you know, my daughter loves to bake and um, I should get her in the kitchen more or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's true. We also need to remember that we need, (laughs) we need some time too, to ourselves. 
Well, tell us where we can connect with you more, how we can learn more from you. Tell us about your website and all of that. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, my recipe website that I started in 2010 is cookthestory.com. And that's where the meal plans that I was talking about are too. Or you can subscribe to my newsletter. It's cookthestory.com slash newsletter. And then we send you the meal plan with all the recipe links and a printable grocery list to go with it every week. So that's really helpful. Um, and then I have a meal planning podcast called TMI with Christine. It's too much information about meal planning and time management. Uh, and I have, I have guests on, friends, family, just people talking about their everyday life and how they do this to try and learn from each other. And then I have lots of different tips and ideas in there too. And then I am cook the story on social media everywhere. And then I do have another recipe website. It's called The Cookful. T-H-E-C-O-O-K-F-U-L. That one has contributors. And what we do on that one is we choose a topic. Um, like right now it is meatballs. And we just dive into meatballs for like a month. And so it's every kind of meatball recipe, all the tips, how to make the best meatballs, how to bake them, how to, oh, I don't know, vegan meatballs. Everything is there. <laughs> so that that's that site. Um, and yeah, and I love, I love getting emails too. You can find my contact information. I love hearing from people. Great. Yeah, definitely. You have so much to offer and I will make sure to link all of those things in the show notes for the listeners so they can connect with you. And definitely that subscription to your newsletter sounds incredibly valuable because (laughs) even if you just got, let's say two or three ideas from it, that'll work with your family. I mean, that is a huge blessing. So I will link to all those things in the show notes for the listeners. And I just appreciate your time so much today, Christine. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jenna. All right. I hope you took away some great tidbits on just getting meals on the table a little simpler. I love how she talks about using a calendar for a little while and just writing down what you're already doing because I do think we forget that we're already putting meals on the table. Our family's already eating and it's okay to just make a system of that and just keep repeating some of the things that are already working. So I love that idea. I also wanted to let you know if you go to cookthestory.com, so the link is in the show notes, um, but she has a amazing recipes on there that are simple. I especially love her one pan meals. Um, There's a Southwest chicken one that is delicious. And I know you'll find stuff on there that you can easily implement if you're just kind of in a rut like I often am. So I hope you love today's episode. Remember in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing another round of the Simple Home Reset. And I'd love to have you join us if you are ready at that time, um, if it's a good time for you and your family. All right. As always, have a blessed weekend and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me on the Simple Home Podcast this week. It truly is a blessing to have you here. If you've been enjoying this podcast and found encouragement here, can you take a moment to leave a rating and a review on iTunes? This is how podcasts grow and how they reach larger audiences. And I am so thankful to get to work with so many women and spread this message. So if you have a moment, head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. I love to read what you have to say, and I might just spotlight you on an upcoming episode. Also, if you think a friend could use this kind of encouragement, go ahead and share it with them. Tell them about the podcast. Tag me on Instagram with a picture of you listening. Whatever we can do to encourage more women to live differently. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.